Let's talk about Article 2, Meetings. You can find this article starting on page 16. In Section A, we currently say the congregation shall hold such public services. And here we want to clarify our terms. Throughout the bylaws, we want to use the word church to describe the whole body, the whole membership in its entirety. That's what we want to use the word church for. It's the whole church family, the whole church membership. Now, in relationship to that, we want to use the word congregate or congregation to refer to the times when the church gathers. That's what the church, the ecclesia, they are the gathered ones. We, we gather at certain times of the week and throughout the year. We gather primarily on Sundays on the Lord's Day. And that's when the church congregates. But one thing that we need to realize is that the church never all congregates. That just never happens. Not because we don't want it to. It's just a reality of life. There's probably no moment ever when every single church member is congregated in one place at the same time. But in our current bylaws, we use these terms interchangeably and to help create some distinction and clarity, we want to use them as separate terms throughout the bylaws. So church will refer to the whole church body, and the word congregate or congregation will refer to the times and places where the church gathers. So a subset of the church comes and gathers. That's the change in section A. We move into section B, and we want to call this members meetings. Currently, we call our meetings, business meetings. And terms, names, they matter. Uh, when you think about the church, we shouldn't think about a business. We're not doing this for profit. We're not providing some product or a service for which people are paying us. And in turn, we're doing business. Uh, there's, we, we don't gather then for business meetings. We gather for, you might call them family meetings, or what we're suggesting are members meetings. We are members of a church body, of a church family. We come together to meet. So let's call them members meetings. There's a bit of a different connotation for what we want to do during these gatherings. I think another thing is that when we call them business meetings, it gives us this idea that that's all that we're doing over against when we gather for members' meetings, we're doing more things than just, I'm going to put in air quotes, business, making decisions on matters. Uh, we are gathering to pray. We're gathering to fellowship. We're gathering to have some sort of devotional study of the Word. We might sing together. We might eat together. And this is a richer idea than just business meeting. A members' meeting is the church family gathering to do all the things that it can do. We want to, as we talk about members' meetings, we want to reduce redundant language here in this section and just talk about all members' meetings together, both the annual meeting, regular meetings, and special meetings, and have uh, principled language that refers to all of those, and then specific language where needed to talk about any one of those three types of meetings. We want to move special members' meetings info into this section. And when it comes to special members' meetings, uh, those can be called by the elders or upon written request of the majority of the members. That's nothing new there. 
But what we want to make sure is that such a meeting could be called uh, in a short amount of time, that it could be called quickly, such as within 48 hours. And this, for instance, comes out of our, our recent experience in COVID. So COVID happened, all of the uh, executive orders and mandates were being given, and it would have been helpful if we could call a church meeting. I know all of the stipulations aside of how do you actually meet, right? And we've thought through that. It's a lot easier to do that on the other side of this now to think what would have worked and not worked, what we ought to do and not do. But could we call a meeting quickly? There's a crisis. There's some uh, urgent matter that we need to gather as a church family and address. Something comes up. Can we meet soon? So elders call that meeting. We, we are able to gather in 48 hours. That gives us time to announce it, to, to put together an agenda quickly, call everyone together. We talk through things. We figure out what to do as a church family. We pray together. That happens. Rather than saying, well, we, have to, we can call a special members meeting, but we've got to call it. We've got to put together an agenda. That agenda needs two weeks to get posted, and we can't have that meeting for two weeks, and meanwhile, we're just waiting to talk through whatever the pressing matter is in front of us. I should say, too, throughout this whole article, there's just a number of grammatical edits that are here. You can see those for yourself. We move into section C on agendas and procedure. And one change here is we want to move the responsibility for the agenda to the elders. Again, overall, as we look at changes to the bylaws, elders lead. And so let's delegate certain responsibilities to them to lead. We want to remove limiting language here about posting the agenda for meetings, which would require us putting a physical copy up in the building, and just change that to publish. So when you publish something, the, the medium for that could be physical, it could be digital. So that would be less limiting language to say, we will publish the agenda. The elders will not only be responsible for the agenda, but they'll be uh, responsible to moderate the meeting. And so an elder chairman or his designee must moderate the meeting. So they will lead. One thing that's always struck me as is, is interesting is that our current language says that new business that's brought on the floor has to be voted on by a, a unanimous vote. And that's a pretty high standard. And so if we change that to majority vote, then that's much more reasonable. Elders and deacons will work together to see that the meetings happen and that ministry reports are submitted and communicated to the church. We clarify here who has to give reports at the annual meeting as well as the non-annual meeting. This certainly reduces the number of required reports. Just an observation, we have people who are supposed to give reports who don't always show up to the meeting and don't always provide written reports in their absence. Some people also, they haven't wanted to serve on committees in the past, especially as chairman, because it involves giving public reports and they don't want to do public speaking or they don't want to have that responsibility. Sort of whoever draws the short straw, uh, they're the one that has to do this. So I want to remove that barrier to, to serving in various areas of church ministries. Another thing is that our current bylaws require the same agenda at special meetings as they do at normal meetings. 
So we want to clarify that uh, that's not actually helpful at special meetings to have to go through the normal agenda and do everything else that we normally do when we really just want to get to one item or maybe two items or just a few. We really want to go right to that, work through that, wrap up the meeting, and move on. So this clarifies that reports do not have to be given at special members meetings and an agenda can be uh, created for that special meeting. All right, just thinking through what other changes we got going on here. Um, we've already talked about uh, we'll designate those who give annual reports. We'll no longer require reports from committees. Uh, those ministries will still continue to function. And so this will then be upon the shoulders of the elders and the deacons to update or share requests with everyone about things that might be happening with CE, missions, hospitality, the building and trustees, compassion, HCBC, so on and so forth. If we move into the section on voting, and here we just want to remove that requirement of in good standing for absentee voters. Uh, we don't require members who are present to be in good standing, and so that's an inconsistency. Uh, but to also create some sort of additional standard beyond just being a member of the church uh, in order to be able to vote, well, that doesn't work. No, if you're a member of the church, if you are 16 years of age or older, you can vote. So, and we want to remove that limiting practice here that, the, that lists the sources of the absentee ballot. Let's just say you need to get an absentee ballot. Uh, who, who's responsible for that? That will change with time. Uh, whether it's elders, whether it's our, right now our church admin helps. Jolene and I are the ones who work on that and make it available to folks. So that is Article 2 on meetings. Hope that helps you to run through these proposed revisions.